This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. Now, For today's episode, we've got part one of an awesome mailbag. Everybody, I got so many amazing responses, both on Twitter, on YouTube, comments, all of that. And so we're going to tackle some of those mailbag questions in segments two and three. A lot of great topics brought up. And don't worry if you don't hear your question brought up in today's episode. I'm getting to it in the next episode because there were so many of them. But here in segment one, I want to talk a little bit about the Rockets' schedule release, um, the anticipated schedule release. Now we, you know, so that we can all, you know, collectively plan our schedules accordingly, figure out what nights you're, you just, hey, you know, sweetie, I'm sorry, I can't go out and do anything. Rockets plan tonight, right? Just that kind of thing. You know, sorry, guys, can't hang out. Rockets are on, right? That that That's what happens every year with the NBA schedule release. I just like to float that schedule. I save the picture to my phone. And when friends and family and you know coworkers are like, hey, what what are you what are you doing this? I'm just sending that photo. If I'm if the Rockets are playing, I'm not available. I'm sorry. So with that, a lot of great, you know, a lot of great matchups, a lot of great games on, on the slate. And I want to kind of highlight some of the most anticipated ones out of the out of the Rockets 82 game schedule. But first, I want to drop a couple quick shout-outs. So I got a handful of shout outs here. First off, I want to shout out all of our brand new Turkish listeners and our brand new Filipino listeners. So from the Philippines, if you're from Philippines, if you're from Turkey, appreciate you tuning into the show. Obviously, we got some connections here with Jalen Green, with Alper and Shingoon. I just want to give you all a quick shout out. If you're tuning into the show because of those guys, I appreciate it. We're happy to have you here. Just wanted to drop a quick shout out to both of those places. And then not only that, I've got three individual shout outs here. So First off, to my guy V, who I was able to meet in person at Las Vegas Summer League. That was really cool meeting him, you know, you know, getting a chance to talk Rockets basketball for, for a minute uh, at Vegas Summer League. And then two other loyal Locked on Rockets listeners, uh, Owen and Ellie, who I got the chance to meet this past weekend. It's always really cool meeting fans of the show, meeting other you know fellow Houston Rockets fans and getting to talk Rockets basketball. I love that. I live and breathe Rockets basketball. So shout out all three of you guys for being loyal listeners of the show, for you know sticking with the show since the Podfather days, all that good stuff. But Let's go ahead and get into the schedule release. And first off, the Rockets have very few nationally televised games this year. They they don't have not one, not two, not three, not four. Okay, no, it it is four. It's only four nationally televised games this season. Um, look, I mean, what else do you expect for the team that had the worst record in the NBA last season? 
And the best part, the good news is it can change, right? The nationally televised schedules are flexible. So maybe this, you know, young, you know, star, you know, potentially star studded Rockets team kind of catches fire and, you know, people are really in, invested in Jalen Green's development, Shingoon, Christopher, right? Maybe John Wall turns back the clock a little bit. Who knows, right? Maybe this team catches fire and becomes a, you know, must must see TV. And they decide to move some things around to give the Rockets some extra national TV spotlight games. But past that, it's kind of TV to be expected, I should say, for the Rockets to not have that many nationally televised games. I'm not upset by that at all, honestly. Um, but I want to get into the actual schedule here. And the games that I'm most looking forward to that make the most sense on the schedule. And I've got a couple like honorary mentions as well. But first off, and first off, I want to know what games you're looking forward to, right? So drop a comment, you know, in the YouTube comments, hit me on Twitter. What games are you most excited for this upcoming Rockets season? Uh, now they do have a preseason schedule out, so they'll be playing against uh, Washington and Miami for the first two preseason games at home, then on the road against Toronto and San Antonio. And then they have their very first season opener on the road, uh, the 20th against the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? That's the 20th, right? I'm not blanking on that. There we go. Yeah. Apologize there. There we go. That's what I want. Um, yeah. So they start on the 20th at Minnesota and then the home opener a couple days later against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is going to be all kinds of exciting basketball. Um, love it when the Rockets get to play OKC. That's always a ton of fun, a nice little rivalry there. Although the new rivalry for the Houston Rockets is between the Rockets and the Pistons. So I'm highly anticipating that matchup right there. So they'll be playing uh, in Houston November 10th against Cade Cunningham and the Pistons, and then December 18th at Detroit. So be on the lookout for those two games. Another matchup that I'm really anticipating, the Cleveland Cavaliers, because, right, it was a big toss-up. Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Green Gang, Mobley Mob. So that's going to be a really fun game to get into. Uh, they play the Cavaliers twice, December 15th at Cleveland, and then February 2nd in Houston. So definitely going to be looking forward to those two games. Another big one. Got to look forward to the L.A. Lakers, right? So many different storylines there. You're going to have Russell Westbrook visiting the Houston Rockets again as a member of the Lakers. This time, you're going to have Jalen Green going up against uh, one of the better teams in the association. And obviously, there's those connections there where he wants to be compared to former Los Angeles Lakers great, uh, the, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Uh, and honestly, I mean, it's a, pretty it's a pretty solid comp at this point. So... You know, why wouldn't he want to show out and show up against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the LA Lakers? So they actually play the Lakers four times this season. So they'll play October 31st and November 2nd in LA, and then December 28th and March 9th in Houston. So four awesomely star-studded games. They're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, could be pretty brutal depending on the outcome of the games and, you know, how good this version of the Lakers looks, but it should still make for a fun, entertaining basketball game to see Jalen Green going head to head with the Lakers. And then we got the Brooklyn Nets um, because look, James Harden uh, coming back to Houston, you know, as a member of the Nets, when he came back the first time, you still had COVID restrictions and everything. It was his welcoming home party, but it wasn't a real 
welcome home because of how weird everything was with this past NBA season. So that not being the case for this upcoming season with fans, you know, being fully allowed in stadiums, all this stuff, no, you know, very minimal restrictions, all of that. It's really going to feel like his actual homecoming. And that's going to happen December 8th in Houston. So pretty early on in the NBA season. And then the Rockets will also play Brooklyn again, April 5th uh, near the tail end of the NBA season. So Hopefully by then, you know, the Brooklyn Big Three isn't completely shut down. It's not just one of those, okay, we're just kind of waiting on the schedule to finish type games. Uh, Because I think one of the best moments from this past season was when we saw Kevin Porter Jr. taking it to James Harden in Brooklyn against the Nets. That was, you know, a super exciting game watching KPJ kind of go head to head with James Harden a little bit this past season. Last one that I want to throw in here before I get to a couple of the uh, honorable mentions. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. It's always great to play against an in-state rival. You got Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. You've got Steven Silas's former team, and obviously Luka being, you know, one of, if not the most exciting young rookie, you know, in recent memory in the NBA to go up against a new exciting young rookie in Jalen Green. That's going to be a star-studded matchup. Sparks will fly. It's going to be amazing. Won't want to miss those. They have four matchups this NBA season, October 26th and March 23rd at Dallas, and then January 7th and March 11th in Houston. So with that said, my two honorable mention teams here are actually going to be the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic, if only because... I'm really looking forward to seeing Scotty Barnes. Uh, You know, I I just coming away from Vegas Summer League. He was the guy that really stood out to me of the top class. Um, And I'm really excited to see the Rockets kind of go, you know, toe to toe with him and see that kind of top of the class matchup between Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Uh, the Orlando Magic, another one, uh, Jalen Suggs. Kind of just really interested to see how the, the entire top of this class pans out. Already included Cade Cunningham and the Pistons and Evan Mobley and the Cavaliers, of course. But especially those two guys, Suggs and Barnes, definitely want to see those matchups. And then last one, how could I not include them? The Golden State Warriors. Like anytime the Rockets and Warriors play against each other, the 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 hatred, the animosity starts flowing. The Warriors are supposed to be, you know, a little bit healthier this season. They missed the play in this past season. They haven't made the playoffs since Kevin Durant left. I mean, they've got kind of a chip on their shoulder going through this next season. And the Rockets are a young, going to be a young, free-flowing team with very little to no expectations placed on them. So it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be great to see those two teams kind of clash. And again, that's why they're my honorable mention in that category. But coming up, I want to dive into these mailbag questions. There were a bunch of really great ones. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Sweatblock. Because look, when it comes to sweating, it's uncomfortable. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes sweating. I don't think I've ever met a single person who likes to sweat unless you're just, if you're working out, like fine, right? Maybe you work up a good sweat. That's cool. But I'm talking about the kind of sweating where you're out and about with a group of friends, or maybe you're going on a first date or you're doing a work presentation, anything like that, right? Job interview, that kind of sweating is, you know, it it causes anxiety. You get nervous. There's just a lot, right? It's uncomfortable. And you don't have to deal with that anymore. Look, Sweatblock is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, works for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee where if you don't like it, if it doesn't work for you, if it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back 100%, no questions asked, no issues. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. So it honestly sounds a little bit too good to be true, right? But Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You basically just put it on at night Rub it under your arms right before you go to bed. Go to bed, wake up the next day, shower, go about your morning, do all your daily business, makeup, whatever, get dressed. 
It'll keep you covered for up to seven days. And look, I live in Houston, right? It's it's muggy, it's humid, and sweat block really does work. It really does help. And there's photos on the website of like actual like, you know, in use practices, right? Where you do it under one arm and then not under the other and, you know, go work out or whatever. And you can see the actual difference and you can get 20% off of sweat block today. Just visit sweatblock.com and use promo code locked on to receive 20% off. They also sell it at Amazon and CVS. So again, 20% off of sweatblock at sweatblock.com. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because look, football is here, right? right around the corner, regular season, getting ready to start up. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all your updated news, odds, and info over at betonline.ag. You've also got baseball season still going strong. They've also got you covered for UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. So head over to their website and sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is a 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go ahead and dive into our mailbag questions for today's episode. Now, again, this is mailbag part one. If you don't hear your question, don't fret. I will be getting to it in a subsequent episode where I will tackle the remaining questions of this mailbag because there were so many great ones. Now, I will say that a lot of y'all asked about John Wall and Eric Gordon, and rightfully so, right? That's been a topic of discussion, what's going to happen with those guys. So let's start with from the electrifying phenom. What are the Rockets going to do with the contracts of John Wall and Eric Gordon? Look, I'll start with John Wall because this is kind of where I'm at with him, and, and this is what I think is going to be the most likely outcome, unless a team out there gets really, really desperate. John Wall is likely to play this calendar year. He's not going to play the entire season. He's probably not going to play back-to-backs. He's probably going to get shut down somewhere near the tail end of the season for the remaining, I don't know, 15, 20 games or something like that. Very similar to this past season. And that's going to allow some extra opportunities for the rookies to have some, you know, extra playing time. It's going to kind of clear up the rotations on certain nights. You know, maybe we have some nights with KPJ and Green as the starting backcourt, that kind of thing. But with John Wall, he's going to play out this season, and I think he's going to pick up his player option for the following season. And I think at that point, once the player option is picked up, I think he's going to orchestrate some kind of a buyout with the Rockets, right? I do not see John Wall turning down what is it, $47, $48 million, his final year of his contract. I just don't see it, you know, and I've had discussions with people. Maybe, you know, there's a bit of a chip on John Wall's shoulder. Maybe he's just cocky enough to turn down that amount of money and try and go, you know, secure more money on the open market. Or maybe he's tired of, you know, being on a rebuilding team and he really wants to go compete. All of those things are very true, I think. But there's also a precedent there with players being bought out of the final year of their contracts like John Wall would be in for that final year of his deal. And I think we just saw it with the Kimber Walker situation. Kimba giving up about, I think it was $20 million on the dot on his on his contract to get bought out and be able to, you know, go to the New York Knicks and, you know, be a part of the Tom Thibodeau program up there. So I think there's kind of a precedent there to be set where for that final year, if John Wall is willing to give up a chunk of change on that final contract after opting into it, obviously. 
And then I think we could see a John Wall buyout down the line. I don't really see a John Wall trade in the cards currently. And, you know, there's there were a couple teams out there that made a little bit of sense. The Clippers were one of them. I think they're out now after dealing Patrick Beverly. You know, the, basically the, uh, the, the Beverly package that they dealt was kind of, a, you know, basically the John Wall package. So that's kind of out the window. I thought the Heat could be a potentially interesting location for him to land. But with Kyle Lowry down there, it doesn't make any more sense. So unless there's a team out there that suddenly gets really, really desperate for John Wall, I think he's going to be Houston Rocket for at least the next calendar year and then maybe a little bit of the following season until a buyout can be struck or potentially, and this one's still a little bit more unlikely, utilizing his expiring deal right to take on further long-term contracts for the Rockets and bringing in more assets, that kind of thing. Although I do think the Rockets really want to use that 2023 NBA offseason as kind of their like target date to be able to have cap space to throw at some big name free agents. So taking back more contracts in place of John Wall that have longer, you know, longer timetables on them doesn't exactly make the most sense. As per Eric Gordon, EGOD is still a guy who can absolutely be a contributor, can be a six man, could arguably be a starter on teams that have, you know, championship aspirations. He is a quality player. And I truly believe that he had he not suffered the groin injury this past season, the Rockets were probably heavily looking to move him at the deadline and, because he was playing some of the best basketball of his career. Unfortunately, the groin injury shut him down. He's been rehabbing that. I've heard he's he he we everything we've heard about him, he looks good, right? You know, there's been no negative reports about his recovery process. So I do think that there's still a small possibility that he gets dealt before the start of the NBA season. Maybe teams who missed out on other marquee free agents or who missed out on certain, uh, you know, ideal trade partners or tra trade targets that they had in mind ahead of Eric Gordon. There's a possibility maybe that EG still gets dealt before the start of the NBA season. I would not completely rule out that possibility, but I also wouldn't rule out the possibility of him still being here as a member of the Houston Rockets and kind of playing up his value a little bit again, right? And if he plays up his value and looks as good as he did last season, then moving EG at the trade deadline to a team that's looking to add a little bit of depth to their team or add that you know piece that they think is that missing piece to kind of get them over the hump, EG can be that guy, right? He is an absolute difference maker on the basketball court. Hands down, one of, if not the best Rockets perimeter defender. And offensively, he gives you you know, at worst six man of the year quality type offense and then borderline all-star caliber offense, depending on, you know, what type of EG you get on any given night. So I think with those two guys, there's definitely been question marks about what exactly happens with them. But those are my thoughts right now as it stands on John Wall and Eric Gordon. So appreciate the question. Uh, Electrifying Phenom, always great to hear from you, my guy. Let's go to our next question. How do you think the starting lineup and rotations will look from Cade K? Cade K. Is this Cade Cunningham trying to get a glimpse at what's going on with the Houston Rockets? No, okay. So, all right, Cade. Uh, how do you think the starting lineup and rotations are going to look? Uh, so we've spoken about this a little bit, and ultimately this is where I feel the starting lineup is going to look, or what I feel the starting lineup is going to look like at the start of the season. I th And this is not the starting lineup that it should be, but this is the starting lineup that I think it's going to be. John Wall, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice. That's probably if I had to if I had to bet any amount of money, that would be the starting lineup that I think is going to be trotted out on opening night. And there's arguments to be made for ever for all five of those guys. And basically it's this, right? 
You brought in Daniel Tice so that he could play the center spot next to Christian Wood so that you could slot Christian Wood down at the four, his more natural fitting position. That way he doesn't have to bang with the bigger NBA bodies. They spent a lot of last season talking about that, how they had Kelly Olenek checking the bigger the bigger front court players. That way Christian Wood wouldn't have to deal with that, that level of physicality, and he could check the smaller guy and also operate effectively as a weak side shot blocker, that kind of thing. So I think Daniel Tice is going to get the starting nod alongside Christian Wood in the front court. And then you get down to the fact that the Rockets have this log jam of guards. John Wall is going to start as long as he's a Houston Rocket and is healthy and is available to play. John Wall is starting. You're not bringing John Wall off the bench. I'm not going to hear any arguments about that. As frustrated as Rockets fans can be that John Wall is still a Houston Rocket, that's just that's just the situation, right? The Rockets have sunk a lot of time, energy, and effort into, into Christian Porter Jr., Wow. Kevin Porter Jr.'s development, and they're not going to subsequently, all right, you know, thanks, KPJ. You had a great last season. You dropped 15-11 on the eventual champions. You were awesome. But uh, we're going to start Jalen Green and, and keep Jay Sean Tate in the starting lineup. You can come off the bench, right? Be a six-man. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to continue to let Kevin Porter Jr. start, and I think they're going to hope to continue that development, continue to grow him. And frankly, again, my question, my biggest question for Kevin Porter Jr. is if they were to bring him off the bench, right? That's a demotion. And maybe he's at a place now where he's mature enough and, you know, in a good enough headspace where that wouldn't, you know, cause any locker room drama or issues. But at the same time, this is a guy that got upset when Torian Prince took his locker in Cleveland, right? Obviously, it was a whole messed up situation. And, you know, that was a lot of drama going on there. But I just don't think it makes sense for a guy that you were that the Rockets were kind of touting as being a, you know, not quite a franchise cornerstone, but a really exciting young player that a lot of Rockets fans were touting as a new franchise cornerstone is baby Harden. Right. All of that. So I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. is coming off the bench. And then lastly, you're going to start Jalen Green. Jalen Green is not coming off the bench. I've seen that suggested a couple different times here and there. He's not coming off the bench. And ultimately, what this does is it really sucks for Jay Shante. Jay Sean Tate should still be a starter. The starting lineup should be Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice. That's what the starting lineup should be, but it's not going to be as long as John Wall is a Houston Rocket. So let's get to our next question. Appreciate that question, Cade. Um, from my guy, Macaroni. KPJ and JG are the most talked about on this new Rockets team. Do you think that affects Christian Wood? First off, um, I think that... Alperin Shingun would like to say hello. We've talked about him quite a bit lately. No, but legitimately, I think that Christian Wood strikes me as the kind of guy who does play with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he's been very vocal about being the franchise guy, being the franchise cornerstone, wanting to be the face of the team, all of these things, right? And he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things. Um, he's been putting in you know, a lot of work this offseason. We had... My guy Raphael Barlow on the show recently talked about what it looked like seeing Christian Wood and DJ Wilson with Coach Silas working out down in South Beach, that kind of thing. So, and I think Christian Wood still has another level he can hit. And that's why I was kind of against trading him, you know, because I don't think he's quite hit his peak yet as a player. And I think that if you're going to look at potentially trading Christian Wood before he hits a massive payday, you want to do it when he's at his absolute peak. Don't think we've seen that out of Christian Wood quite, quite just yet, but I don't think it bothers him. I mean, you got to know the situation, right? When you're coming into an NBA team, when you're in the midst of a rebuild like this, Kevin Porter Jr. obviously was a really exciting piece um, last season. And I think you heard Christian Wood say it in one of the, the post-game interviews that he did where 
uh, he talked about, you know, uh, or somebody asked him about Kevin Porter Jr. saying, you know, he wanted to be a franchise guy or something to that effect. And Christian Wood said something like, why, why can't we both be franchise guys, right? And they can both be franchise guys for the Rockets. And Jalen Green too, right? There's not, I don't, I don't think there's any animosity there. I don't think Christian Wood is the type to, you know, get jealous that KPJ and Jalen Green are getting a lot of buzz. Obviously, Jalen Green's going to get a lot of buzz. He was the number two overall pick in the draft. You expect that to happen when your team has a high draft pick. If anything, Christian Wood's probably breathing a sigh of relief like, oh, We've got help. We've got more guys. We've got guys who can get buckets. You know, like, come on. I'm sure he's, you know, excited to be able to step on the court with a guy like Jalen Green and excited at the possibility of running pick and roll with two different, you know, elite guards in Jalen Green and uh, Kevin Porter Jr., right? Having having those guys facilitate for him. I'm sure he's excited at the opportunity, not, you know, not upset, not frustrated that they're getting uh, a little bit more of the uh, publicity over him. So. Want to get into the rest of these mailbag questions for this show. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Because look, with the ever-increasing number of, you know, like brands and makes and models of different cars, it's basically impossible for traditional like brick and mortar stores to keep everything in stock that you would need to fix up your car, right? Why would you want to drive down the street, go in person? And one, you're going to pay more money if you're there in person. Two, they might not even have the part in stock. So just visit rockauto.com. They've got all the brands and specifications for your car or truck. Their catalog is so easy to navigate. You can quickly find all the parts that you need. Just again, log into their website, check it out, navigate. You can find everything they've got. They've got engine control modules. They got brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, brand new carpet. You name it. They've probably got it over at rockauto.com. And again, website, super easy to navigate. You can quickly find whatever you need for your car or truck. And this is the important part. When you're checking out after you've like browsed through their catalog, you figured out what parts you need. When you go to hit checkout, when you hit the little shopping cart icon, be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continuing our Rockets mailbag. Appreciate all the questions. Again, if you don't hear yours called today, it'll be tackled in the next episode. Now, let's roll along here from Listen to Lycon on YouTube. Ceiling and floor for the Rockets this upcoming season. Look, ultimately, and I know there's a lot of people who have, you know, I guess like aspirations of grandeur with this Rockets team. Like they want them to be, you know, fighting for a play in spot. And I'm not going to entirely rule that out because when you look at the bottom of the standings from this past NBA season, in fact, I actually want to pull those standings up to make my point here. Um, let's go NBA. If this will actually load, which is lovely. I just love that. It's not loading. That's so cool. Um, there it is. That's what I want. All right. So here we go. So if we go down to the standings of this past NBA season, there are five teams that, uh, well, let's, let's put it this way of these six teams, somebody is making the play in tournament out of the San Antonio Spurs, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, or the Rockets. Now look, the Spurs made it this past season and they made it by, you know, a two game stretch over the Pelicans and Kings. And then there's a significant drop off from the Pelicans and Kings down to the T-Wolves, the Thunder and the Rockets this past NBA season. Sure. But 
from what I've heard and, you know, from other people around the league, Timberwolves could be a team that makes that, you know, that little bit of a leap. The Pelicans, maybe they finally make that leap and get back into the playoffs and, you know, with, you know, with Zion kind of keep, you know, hoping to keep him happy, that kind of thing. Maybe the Spurs fall out of the playoff race and they're not in the playing tournament. Ultimately, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that this Rockets team might surprise some people and actually make a push for the play-in tournament. And I'm not going to be upset if they do it either, right? This is a young group of guys. There's a lot of talent already on this roster. I'm not going to be sit here, sitting here pumping my fist and, and hoping for losses the same way we were this past season. Now, will I be upset if they wind up bottoming out and being another bottom five team and get a really chance, really solid chance at a top draft pick in next year's draft without having to, you know, cross our fingers and pray that the Rockets hold on to their pick. Absolutely not. I'm never going to be upset about that. If it happens naturally again, I'm not a big fan of like organized tanking, but organic tanking fine. That's cool. As far as their floor and ceiling goes, I think the floor is very obvious. It's, you know, another bottom three, potentially worst team in the NBA type record, but that's not to say that they're not going to be a fun team. This Rockets team is absolutely going to be a joy to watch, and it's going to be completely different than this past season, right? It's going to be this past season on steroids. Think about how much fun it was once we realized that all the expectations were gone post-trade deadline when we were just incredibly invested in the development of guys like Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, Kevin Porter Jr., guys like that, right? Seeing Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian would develop chemistry in the pick and roll. All those little things where there was no bar that they were trying to reach. It was just, all right, let's just enjoy these games on a game-by-game -game basis. Even if they're piling up losses, let's just enjoy what's going on, right? And then we had these awesome games show up, like the 15-11 from KPJ. We had the nostalgia win uh, with Bill Worrell's final, final called game for the Houston Rockets. All these different things, right? They managed to do. Uh, John Wall going off against the Dallas Mavericks was another fun one. We're going to have a lot of games like that because there's so much more to cheer for now that the Rockets have begun officially their rebuild. So being able to cheer on and look forward to the development of Jalen Green on a nightly basis, Alperin Shingun, Christopher, Garuba, Kevin Porter Jr.'s continued development, Jay Shantae, KJ Martin, all these different guys, right? Christian Wood, seeing how much better he can be on the floor. All these different things that we can look forward to on a nightly basis. This Rockets team is going to be fun. They're going to go out there. They're going to score a ton of points. Ultimately, I think they're going to struggle defensively. And I think that's where what's going to ultimately be their undoing is their youth and their defense. And those are going to be things that you just have to iron out over time, unfortunately. So next season, I don't have any expectations. I think their ceiling is maybe fighting for a play-in spot. Maybe. And that's a stretch to me even at this point. So that's where I've got for their floor and ceiling this upcoming season. Let's get to our next question. From Tiziano, which rookie out of Shingun, Christopher, and Garuba should go to the G League? Who plays the biggest role? Ultimately, I think that of those three, I think Shingun is going to be, be the guy that plays the biggest role at the NBA level. I think we kind of have already seen, uh, you know, both offensively, defensively, how poised he is, how good he looked in Summer League. And I think a pretty aggressive timeline for him would be Potentially, depending on how his development looks, I could maybe see Shingun taking over as a starter in the back half of the NBA season and slotting in next to Christian Wood instead of Daniel Tice, depending on how his development goes, right? If he continues to impress at the NBA level and looks really damn good, then there's no reason why he couldn't start next to Christian Wood. 
Now for Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba, I think between those two guys, I still lean Josh Christopher as the more likely of the two to actually go spend time at the G League, but I wouldn't be shocked to see both of them spend a little bit of time down there because ultimately it's really tough to crack an NBA rotation. And when you've got so many different guards ahead of you in the rotation for Josh Christopher, and then even for Usman Garuba, I think he's a bit kind of the odd man out of the Rockets' big rotation when you look at Christian Wood, Shingoon, and Daniel Tice, and then also factoring in the idea that Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin are also going to get some minutes at the four spot when the Rockets want to play small. I think Usman Garuba is going to be the guy that sees the least amount of burn of the Rockets' four bigs on the roster. So I do think that at some point we're going to see some Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher minutes, hopefully together in the G League and seeing them dominate and get comfortable and build that chemistry together, very akin to how we saw Kevin Porter Jr. and KJ Martin building chemistry and reps together in the G League. And then they came back up to the Rockets and they were solid, right? They they had made significant strides in their game. I've seen some people try and come at me saying that the G League is a demotion and that it would be kind of a slap in the face of those guys. It's absolutely not. If anything, those guys should look at the G League as an opportunity to get those reps in because otherwise you're just sitting at the end of the Rockets bench not actually getting reps in, right? The only way to get better is to actually play the game. And if they can do that, especially you know 30-something minutes a night at the G League level, that's better than just riding the end of the Rockets bench. It truly is. So it's not a slap in the face. It's not a demotion. And again, if anything, there's precedent there where if the Rockets do send you down to the G League, it's because they believe in you. They believe in your ability. They just want you to get the reps in so that you can come back and understand the system and actually have some playing time under your belt once things open up at the NBA level. So let's get to our final question for today's episode uh, from my guy V. What's up, V? Jacob's offense, Shingun's defense in summer league, what sticks as we head into the regular season? Ultimately, I've always been a firm proponent of you got to take summer league with a grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, it's better to see flashes of play, you know, flashes of solid offense, flashes of stellar defense, that kind of thing, than to just not see it at all in summer league, because that means that hopefully there's a reasonable expectation that that will translate to the NBA level. I'm not expecting Shingun to go out and block three or four shots a night uh, at the NBA level like he was doing in summer league. That's probably not going to happen. But that being said, mechanically, right? with his fundamentals, we saw that he has a firm base, right? A nice little foundation for his defense. And then Josh Christopher on the other side, offensively, we saw Josh Christopher has a firm base of his offensive game, right? He's got a good feel for the game. He's got a good, you know, touch in and around the rim. He's a terror in transition. He's a capable ball handler. All these different things make him such a well-rounded player that ultimately I think both of those stick. I don't think it was a fluke that we saw solid offense and solid defense out of those two guys when we kind of weren't necessarily expecting that out of either of them. Um, again, I think that especially me, and I, I will always you know, call myself out, I think I shortchanged Josh Christopher a little bit more so than I should have coming into training, or not training camp, coming into summer league and you know, on the night of the draft, all that. Wasn't super excited about him. He has grown on me immensely. And I think that both of those guys are going to be able to make those, those respective skill sets work at the NBA level. Because again, we didn't see just random flashes of it. We saw continued excellence from those guys. Again, Josh Christopher's question mark is going to be his shot, his outside shooting, and then, but the, the inside shooting is totally fine. He's very comfortable in the mid-range, looks great when he's attacking the rim, all of that stuff. He's got great size for a guard that I think he's going to use to his advantage, both offensively and defensively. And then Shingun. Again, fundamentally 
very, very sound on both sides of the floor. And I think that's absolutely something that you can build on, especially as a guy who does not have, you know, the, the highest hops in the building not the most athletic, you know, isn't skying for these blocks is just timing them. Well, is positioning his body. Well, doing his work early, boxing out, using his butt on the boards, like all this stuff, right? He's not a high point rebounder, right? He's not going up and rebounding just because he's taller and can jump higher than other players. He's putting in the work to clear guys out and either secure the rebound for himself or box out opposing bigs so that other guys on his team can get the boards. And those types of fundamentals can ab- will will absolutely translate at the NBA level. So definitely high on both of those guys. And I think Rockets fans should be as well. But with that, that's going to wrap up Mailbag Part 1. Got a ton more questions to get to in Mailbag Part 2. Looking forward to tackling that. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. We would sincerely appreciate it. As as always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.